It's May 19th, 2013, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Larry. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. It's getting to be that time of year where the two drink minimum minimum sounds really good, but I want like a really, really big glass. <laughs> yeah, they say everything in Texas is bigger. So when you come down here and you order a Diet Coke, it usually comes in a half gallon jug, yeah. <laughs> which has become totally normal to us. Well, yeah, it's nothing out of the ordinary. But I, I was out measuring a client's sunrooms, two sunrooms yesterday. And all I could think was, yeah, I didn't have any water with me at all. Are you crazy? I, I don't know what I was, th- I, you know. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, it wasn't hot at 9 o'clock in the morning, but God, by the time I got around to actually measuring those two spaces, and of course they face west and south. Sure. And it's just single pane windows, no air conditioning, and oh like man. Like in a little incubator. Yeah. I was, I was like, <laughs> yes, nice, nice, hot, sweaty mess. And then I was going to go have lunch with James, and he's like, well, do you need to freshen up? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I need a whole bath before we go. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Right. So I, of course, run back to the office and I'm like, you know, changing my clothes, you know, changing shirts and kind of cleaning up a little bit. But, ugh. Yeah. You know, it's that time of year when you have to plan on bringing that second change of clothes clothes, (laughs) just to get through the day. Yeah. It was awful. Well, and of course, the fun part, though, for us is like it's getting hot. So it means the pool water is warming up. So volleyball season is just around the corner. Yay. I'm going to kick everything off on June 1st, so. Yeah, yeah, that's right, because you have friends that have a pool, that, yeah. and you do it every Saturday? Every Saturday, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so there were, um, one of the guys who comes regularly was over at um, our friend's house helping him get the pool ready, so they were cleaning and scrubbing and doing whatever else. So, yeah, so it's hot, but I can at least live with the idea that, hey, Look you know, forward to looking that. forward to that. So Well, and we've signed Matthew up for uh, swim lessons really? this summer. So I think it's somewhere at the end of June, not until wow. then. But we still, I mean, I think the pool's open at end of May, early June anyway. So we'll get to a little pool time before then. But That's cool. Has he, does he swim at all? Has he done it before? Just a little bit. We've kind of played around with the floaties. But mm-hmm. no, um, I think in those early classes, they really teach survival and breathing and blowing bubbles and all that. You know, well, surviving's good. Like if you fall in, get to the edge, keep your head above water, you know, all those yeah. basics that we kind of take for granted now. But I mean, he's just four. He'll be five in August. So um, we're almost behind the curve being down here in the south where everybody uh, can swim and has access to a pool. So, in fact, my dad said he was trying to plan a trip on our boat or or to a lake where we could get a houseboat. And he's saying, well, we're not going until he has swim lessons. And I'm going, well, it's going to take more than a couple lessons (laughs) to make it okay on a houseboat. Right. But still, we're we're making forward progress. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Wow. I know. Wow. I'm like, I just can't (laughs) believe he's almost five. That's just crazy. I know. Oh, no. Yeah, it's catching up. They're having their little preschool graduation. Okay, now, don't. In a couple weeks. (laughs) Preschool graduation. Okay. By comparison, okay, here we are. My, I have one niece who's graduating high school. Yes. And, of course, the other niece who just graduated from her master's program today. In architecture. In architecture, right? yeah. So, you know, but we're having preschool graduation. And just 
makes me crazy. Well, I was talking to one of the other moms, and she said her daughter was very excited because the teacher had said that you can all dress up for your little graduation night. And she said, Mommy, can I wear my Disney princess dress and my <laughs> and my princess shoes? And her mom was going, well, I don't think that's the kind of dress up she's talking about. Right. But we'll, we'll discuss it. How funny. <laughs> so they always have a different, slightly different view on on, what that on means. how it's all going to go down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's and, cute. and June, of course, is the AIA National Convention. So I get to go mm-hmm. off to Denver. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because I've never been. It's a nice city. I think you'll like yeah. it. Yeah. James goes all, well, actually, James goes this week again. So it's not going to be a big deal for him. But I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yay. Yeah. So, and, and booking the tickets, the the airline tickets, I'm like, my gosh, I can't believe it costs this much to fly to Denver. He goes, oh, yeah, no, that's a good price. Oh, <laughs> like, like flying anywhere anymore is ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, and you'll have to pack about 12 suitcases because June in Denver, you could have snow or you could have 90 degrees. Oh, great. So check the weather before you pack. Okay. <laughs> oh, and then pack for duck. everything else that they don't say. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Bring a jacket, bring short sleeves, bring a hat, bring a... <laughs> but you'll be inside the convention center the whole time. Yeah, so bring no your rain deal. bonnet, yeah. Yeah, whatever. that's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, well, this month we've also, um, instead of, you know, aside from all the things that are going on, just in general, we're starting to just see some of our projects actually wrap up. Yeah, we are. Which is kind of, I mean, kind of nice, but kind of like, aww. <laughs> It's those projects that have been going on for a year, seems yeah. like, almost. Yeah. Well, and, and the one that made us think about today's podcast, it has been almost a year, hasn't it, since yeah. we started? Yeah. In fact, the this project we're talking about, we had been brought on just to help her, give her a little bit of guidance in, in doing the interior selections. Mm-hmm. And it sort of turned into... Well, this is one of our rescues we were talking about. This sounds like terrible, like it's an animal rescue. But, it's a, <laughs> but one of the rescue projects we talked about... Yeah, and last, last podcast. Mm-hmm. So she's like down to the last little bitty. Right. Yeah. All the tiles in, all the cabinets are in, the paint's done. It's just down to almost to the point of, of doing punch list and, and total finish out. So, um, but the thing that made me kind of think about this idea for our podcast, we're talking about how do we visualize these spaces is, you know, these projects when we're working either a remodel where you can go stand in the space and say, we're going to move this wall over here and this wall over here. But if you're working with somebody where it's a brand new house, it's even harder to help them visualize what the space is going to be like. So what made me kind of get to that point was when I realized that I was standing in the space that will be this woman's uh, master closet, and she had cut out pieces of paper at the actual size of her closet units because she's doing her closet in Ikea mm-hmm. and which is nice because Ikea has all of the sizes and everything so I could give her all the exact dimensions. So after I had designed it all in the computer and made sure it worked mm-hmm. really well, then she couldn't see it until she stood in the space and moved these pieces of brown craft paper around the room and lined the walls with every piece that was going to be in there so she could say my shoes are going over here and my purses are going over here and I'm going to walk in and sit at my vanity and I'm going to turn this way and here's my three-way mirror and it was literally like she could visualize walking every little piece right all 
Wow. But that's how she has to experience it in order to understand it. She actually has to physically move the pieces of paper. Well, and this is the first time she'd done the full, because you've done you've done some, like, the plan size pieces for her right. before, Quarter right? Right, So she could kind of right, move things in, yeah. around. But this is well, the first time she really did a big. Yeah, and she's very detail-oriented. So she had, for example, when we first started using this method, it was in order to do her furniture plan because we really wanted to make sure that we could get as many of her existing pieces back in and we, how are they going to fit and where do we want to put the TV and all these different questions. So she literally, I gave her the, the homework. I said, you need to take an inventory of everything you have. And she's one of those hands-on clients, so she was okay doing it all herself. Otherwise, some clients, we do it for them. Mm-hmm. But she went through and took photographs of every every single item I mean hundreds <laughs> down to paintings and down to tiny little side tables and everything so she photographed numbered took all the dimensions made a spreadsheet I mean she's serious about this but I was able then to go and draw little footprints of each of those and number them and put the labels on in the computer and then cut give her those back in quarter inch scale so she could cut them out and literally like paper dolls lay them on the paper plan and move them around and we made beds beds or or you know that kind of furniture one color and then we made wardrobe and closet type stuff another color and I mean lamps and t- I mean it was amazing so but it allowed us the flexibility to play with it so it didn't seem permanent or mm-hmm. you know you're not marking with a sharpie on a piece right. of paper right. you can move it around as much as you want she got those little sticky dots uh you know little tacky putty stuff and mm-hmm. put it underneath so she could move them around it uh, was wow. it was tedious but it i think it's going to pay off huge in the end well, yeah. so she's doing the exact same thing with her closet now that we're to the point where she can stand in it and see it and and actually for some of the pieces in some of the rooms where she couldn't visualize it just in the small plan, she actually did go and cut them out full size and go like for the couch and the, you know, is this going to, am I going to be able to walk around the couch and get to the coffee table and not feel like I have to be squished between this armchair and. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize she'd she'd been doing that with some of the the bigger pieces. Uh Wow. Yeah. And in fact, when we were laying out the tile in her bathroom, she literally cut out the size pieces. pieces of tile in wow. paper and laid them out so she could see the pattern. Wow. So that's a system that obviously works for her. Yeah. So as I'm standing in there and I actually go, you know, this would make a great blog post and a great podcast because it dawned on me that she's probably the first person I've seen do that to that extent. Right. But there's all these other tricks of the trade that we use with our other clients to yeah. help them see what it is we're trying to communicate to them. And some of them are better than others at <laughs> well, understanding. Well, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, some of them are better at understanding. And, you know, I think like any client, every every client's different. So no two clients are going to be able to visual, visualize the same. Right. And, you know, we're so used to more traditional methods. You know, you start out with the traditional things. We do, it. you know, everything's 2D. It's the plans and the elevations and stuff. And there are people that are really great at reading it. And there are people who don't understand it a lick. It's just lines yeah. on a piece of paper. To them, to them, yeah. they have no idea. Well, and and there are people who will tell you, oh, sure, yeah, uh-huh, oh, that looks great, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then it starts getting built, and they're suddenly shocked that the room was that size or that, you mean there weren't doors on those cabinets? I could have sworn there were doors on those cabinets. <laughs> and you're flipping back through the drawings trying to find the, the one that they signed off on or the one that was the last drawing that was done, and, you know, it's 
did I miss something? Did I miss a note somewhere? Yeah. Turns out, no, they just didn't read it. Right. They had it visualized in their head yeah, differently. Right. Completely different. Of course, and and luckily, we'll, every once in a while, we'll get a client. Um, one of the projects we just finished up with, the wife was very upfront. She said, she said, my husband can't read drawings. She said, there's no point in him coming to the meetings. She was just blunt about it. She said, you can... If he comes, he's going to sit here, and it's going to take three times as long because he just doesn't, he can't see it. So we always knew that we would meet with her, and then whatever was worked out, she would take it to her husband, explain it to her husband, see if he had any questions, and then go from there because he just could. And, in fact, the one time that we were having some trouble with with one of the exterior elements and the contractor did kind of a mock-up so they could see scale, you know, get some sense of scale because it's, it's hard yeah, to sometimes. Yeah, that always helps. And the one time we had to do this, he actually drove out to the job site. He was at his office, and they got the mock-up done, and they said, okay, it's ready, come by. And he whipped by from his office and looked at it and said, no, that's going to be too small. We do need to make it higher, and then left. And that was it. That's, but that that's one, what he needed. That what he, that's what he needed, that one little trick to make him really be able to see what was going to be happening with that space. And he was like, no, no, it's too small. We do need to go bigger. And that's how it turned huh. out. But, yeah. But, no, she's very, very honest with us. And, and, you know, some people can really read that stuff really well. Well, and it takes a, a spouse like that who knows how to communicate with their their partner to say, Trust me. Yeah, trust me on this. <laughs> you do you, not want yeah. him in the meeting. Yeah, well, to and, make the process go more smoothly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you you brought up the point too of the sort of, and I I actually just did this last week with a client. We were sitting in their their dining area in their house, and we're looking at their plan. I realized, okay, the drawing's not oriented to where we're sitting. So, let's turn the paper. And suddenly mm-hmm. it started making a lot more sense to them because from their position, they knew that, okay, if I look off to this side, this is what I'm going to see. And, you know, I'm sitting in this space and here's what's going to be behind me now. But it, I, and I don't know what made me realize. I, I don't know if it was as we were having the conversation or what happened, but I just suddenly clicked on me. I'm like, okay, we need to orient the paper. because Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah, point this, make this wall line up with the wall that's actually mm-hmm. sitting right next to us. Well, do you remember that episode of Friends when they go to London? Yeah. <laughs> and Joey just got goes, his big map. <laughs> got his big map, and he can't quite figure it out. And so he literally lays it on the sidewalk and steps into it. And he's mm-hmm. telling Chandler about it later. And he goes, so I was in my map. And <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get that out of my head. It cracks yeah. me up every time. Well, I'll do that. But, when, yeah. When I'm, sometimes if I'm in a new place and I've got at least a little something. Mm-hmm. Actually, even when I'm driving to a client's house for the first time, if I've got to print it out the map on you know Yahoo or whatever, I will actually set it on the seat next to me, oriented in the direction I'm driving, so that right. I, I'm there's something about that. Well, yeah, definitely allows you to, you know, not have to flip it around in your head, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it works for us and works for the clients. Right. Well, and and you have one client right now too, who, for her, it's. Um, you know, she, she doesn't, I don't think she has trouble visualizing, but there's a better, you know, we're used to doing very hard line drawings for clients. So mm-hmm. it's all very, you know, straight lines and very clean and crisp, but she seems to do better if it's more of an overlay. It's, yeah, she's very concerned what we're doing a lot of uh, her renovation is more uh, what like street facing, you know, 
curb appeal. Yeah, she's worried about curb appeal. Right, and so she wants to see what it literally will look like from somebody driving down the street. So we took photos from that vantage point so that I could then overlay a trace over it and and actually sketch what the new piece will look like, the new dormer and Mm. and how we're going to change the front. And so for her to be able to see it in perspective from a vantage point that is very familiar that makes all the difference in the world. And that's all she needs. She doesn't need a hard line drawing. Yeah, she can care less about the hard line drawing. Right. She knows that. She's much from, more about an emotional reaction to it, you know, because it, it has to feel real. An elevation to her is probably not going to get her gonna excited. It's not going to mean anything, no. Right. It's going to be that, that more loose, almost, almost romantic viewpoint, kind of idealized. Here's uh-huh. kind of the idea. Here's the shape. Here's the form. And... And that's kind of what she needs to sort yeah. of get her over that next hump and onto thinking about something else. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's different. Well, but, and, and you even had that come up on a project recently where they said, well, I really just want to see a rendering of it. And so you went on this wild goose chase to find an artist to, oh, yeah. to do a rendering. Yeah. And which is, in fact, you found the same artist that we used to use at a previous office. That does amazing pen and oh, ink. Oh yeah, very all the elaborate, drawings were just incredible. Gorgeous perspective drawings that are all manufactured out of the plans, architectural plans, and those are that was ended up being much more than the client. Oh yeah, it really turns out needed, the right? client just all I just needed an elevation just of it with little... you know, I'm like, <laughs> well that's different from a rendering. We need to have a better communication because yeah, I, right. I felt bad. I spent this guy's time and of course my time, but. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad to know that there's that resource. And some people really, you know, if you start thinking about it, the the 3D models are what they really respond to. And of course, with HGTV now and stuff, everyone's getting very used to the idea of mm-hmm. the computer rendering. What does it look like in 3D? And can I swivel it around? And so for some people, having that as a visualization, you know, that kind of model to work from really helps them a lot. I mean, they don't need the you know, the, the plan drawing looks great and the, the 2D drawing looks great, but suddenly you've got this, you know, something that you can spin around in all angles, you can, you know, walk through it, you can fly around it, the whole thing, and of course that's getting to be more and more, um, I don't say important, but I think a lot of the bigger firms, especially when you're doing these really huge projects, to be able to take those 3D models and have the client visualize and that one aspect, the same time within the office, you as the architect being able to visualize all the pieces that are going together. Right. Something like what Bob's, one of Bob's projects had something like 16 different models that all kind of came together into one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my husband was working on a huge hospital project, uh, and they had, with all their different consultants and within a couple different of their offices within their own company, they had five different Revit models going on all at once that all had to talk to each other. Because it would have been way too big to fit all in one file. Right. So, um, yeah, so it was a lot of coordination. But you can see all those pieces together. Mm-hmm. So how's everything at all interact and overlap? And you see, the, as an architect, you get to visualize the entire space, not just what the walls are, but everything that's going on behind it and above it and below it. Yeah, well, and it's almost becoming sort of a, they just assume that they're going to be able, you know, the clients assume they'll get to have access to 3D images because right. really simple off-the-shelf software, you know, home design software is functioning that, that way. Even cabinet designers, mm-hmm. you know, down at, at even Lowe's or Home Depot, you can go in there and they construct the cabinet right. layout using these 3D pieces and immediately can print out these 3D 
renderings of of cabinets. And so um, when they, when we tell them that that's not typically something we include in a package, I mean, that's not their fault. It's, it's probably more on us that (laughs) why aren't we providing that? It's not part of, you know, traditional AutoCAD that we use, but, um, but it's becoming more readily, you know, accessible and, yeah, well, I think it's becoming easier. It's becoming easier to do, and I think as as you know, for us as residential architects, it, it's a little more you know, primarily residential. It's a little harder for us. Doesn't make I, I I'll say harder, but in some ways harder because we tend to get more detailed in what we do, so we don't think about trying to do that three dimensionally. Um, well, everything's some, custom, so right. a three dimensional piece for us is having to actually create it versus right. if you're Working Taking from a library where you can exactly. just drop this piece in and drop that piece in, you know, we tend to be very custom, so that does make it difficult. Right. Or not difficult, but a challenge, I guess. Yeah, it just takes a little bit so, more time. Yeah, but sometimes that's that's what the client needs, though, is that sort of, that piece, you know, we used to do the physical models, and I mm-hmm. think about the, all the cardboard models I did in school, and actually, there's one that sits on my desk, actually, I didn't do it, James did it. But it's this little cardboard, little tiny house thing that um, I was in, in class one night working on a model, and he comes just checking out, see what I'm doing, and he's over there with the scissors, and he's cutting, <laughs> cutting yeah, these hot glowing stuff together. I'm like, what are you doing? I <laughs> see so he's just you know just hanging out, you know, making his own little model. Just but playing. yeah, but nobody does that. Uh, very rarely. I haven't seen a physical model in probably ten years. Yeah, if not, not longer. Yeah, I mean, it takes a real large project to mm. where you're actually having to appeal to investors. Or, yeah. um, you know, I went to the New Perot Nature and Science Museum over the weekend, and um, there's a whole exhibit on just how the building was built, and it shows all of this the little concept models from the very beginning and all the different versions that it went through. It was very interesting, but they wow. spent a ton of money on yeah. those those models, even the the most basic ones. Yeah. So, yeah, it takes a special project for that to become a, a real piece of communication. Yeah. Well, and, and two, you know, you got to think about this, that sometimes you're not doing a lot of actual moving of walls and stuff. Sometimes it's just you're refreshing the space. Maybe it's new countertops and just paint, tile, whatever. You know, you get into a real serious remodel where you're not not really moving the structure. You're just really refreshing everything. And so you get all those little bits and pieces, and sometimes you know you tell a client, "Oh, we're going to do this color, we're going to do that color," and you've got this little one-inch square to go by. <laughs> yeah, these little material samples that you get from the yeah. the showrooms that it's uh, sometimes you started. started yeah. You can kind of lay them all out on the table together, but yeah. um, well, and I've noticed that now using house mm-hmm. has become a really great tool for I mean I go to it all the time looking yeah. for examples of oh this is how this countertop's going to relate to this wall or how this pantry might you know end up looking or yeah. um, really helps to see real life examples of what right you're going to end up using right well so. it's funny I find myself telling my some of my clients that too that you know if you're on house set up an idea book and start looking at materials and dropping in things that are interested you're interested in, and understand that it looks great in the picture, and know that when we get the sample out here, it may not quite look the same. And even, we even do this in the office. You know, we'll start assembling samples for a client's project, and before we ever take it over, we walk outside with it, 
-hmm. because the lighting in here, the the change in lighting is so critical that it looks great out, you know, in the office. You walk outside and you realize, yeah, that's never going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are nowhere near close, nowhere near to, each near close to each other. So sometimes it's just a matter of, you know, if you're going to help the client visualize, take it to them and, and take them a large enough piece. Yeah, and be in the room where it's in actually going to be. happen, yeah. Because right. the, the light's going to be different, you know, how much natural light are they getting, how much, you know, what's it going to look like. Sometimes even at night, I mean, you'll walk in there at nighttime yeah, and flip exactly. on the lights and have a look because it may look completely different yeah, from what you thought. Yeah, incandescent versus... Fluorescent right. versus LED, yeah, versus just sunlight. Right, exactly. Well, in fact, I did that yesterday. I was at a, a big, large showroom looking at tile for a shower repair in our house and picked out this uh, porcelain Carrera marble lookalike, brought it home, and I went, oh, good grief, that is so gray. Oh, my gosh. Clearly, totally different. Yeah. What was I thinking? That doesn't seem right. Yeah, that, okay, back to Well, this obviously wasn't what I picked at the showroom. Exactly. They must have switched it on. Yeah. This is not right at all. Yeah. Well, and, and to give you an idea of, of how critical samples are, I'll, Holly, this is years ago on a project that she was working on. They were working with some interior designer out of New York, and they would get these color samples from him that were almost minuscule. I mean... You know, a little little you know one inch square piece of wood with a stain on it. And they're supposed to match the stain, or you know they're supposed to match the paint color. And they got to the point that they were so irritated. The contractor was so irritated with the interior designer that he had sent them this tiny little paint color chip to match. So they went and they matched the paint color. They did a full twelve by twelve sample, and then they cut out a little one inch square and sent it back to him. Uh -oh. <laughs> I think that kind of pretty much, you know, sort of brought that whole thing to an end, and he started sending them bigger pieces. But it was, had just got so irritating because how do you visualize what that color yeah. as a contractor? How do you match that as an architect? How do you say, oh yeah, that's the right? Yeah. How's the client approve that? Right. You know. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So it just kind of cracked me up, but I thought, mm-hmm. That's yeah no. <laughs> yeah, so if you're approaching a project like that, try to get as large a sample as you can. Right. You know. Right. And, and a lot of the tile showrooms will be really good about that. I've I've one of my projects I walked out with four, you know, the the pattern changed so much in the tile and the color mm -hmm. there was a color variation. I walked out with four twelve by twelve pieces mm -hmm. because that's what I needed to show the client. Okay, this is how it all kind of works out and this is what you're gonna yeah, get. Yeah, here's the variation. Especially those slate looking mm -hmm. tiles. You can have tiles that look like they're not even from the same collection. Right. There's right. so much variation. Yeah. So. so and and then of course finally sometimes it helps to just physically be in the space. Like you were saying with your client, you know, the closets really didn't come together until that space was really constructed and you could stand in it. Right, exactly. Well, and we didn't even start thinking about the closets until we could all of us go together to Ikea and stand in their closet displays and actually physically feel what it felt like to, to be there, you know, with those, mm -hmm. with those, those pieces. pieces that we would be then using in her space. Hmm. Um, we had another client who was a little bit concerned about the size of the family room, and this is for a brand new house, so... It wasn't even contextual in the house that they're in now. So her husband took the dimensions of the room, went out into their backyard where the new house is being built, and spray painted the outline of the room on the grass so that she could literally go stand out there on the grass mm -hmm. and feel the boundaries of the space and realize it did feel way too small. You know, her gut was telling her, looking yeah. at it on paper, that it was too small, but then when she stood in it, it yeah. also was 
it confirmed it. So that was another nice tool that they used yeah. to figure it out early on versus if we had already started building yeah. and she was standing in it, that no. might have been a little too late. A little too late, <laughs> right. Well, and, yeah. and I did the same thing with James because he can read the book. And bless his heart, he's a numbers person. And after 17 years, he's gotten really good at, you know, picking up on the architecture part. I mean, you know, noticing details, noticing light fixtures and ceilings, noticing a lot of the stupid stuff that, you know, if I wasn't an architect, I'd never pay any attention to. So he's yeah. gotten very good at that. So he can read a plan. But even as we were doing, you know, working on the addition for the house, he couldn't. Well, how big is the closet, really? So I'm like, okay, how do we do this? So I took the, our existing floor plan and in like our living room and uh, living room and den, actually drew out the room sizes. So he could, we could stand in our existing space and I could say, okay, from here to here. And he could sort of visualize. Mm -hmm. And then finally actually taking him out in the backyard and putting bricks at the corners of where the addition was going to come out to. And once he could see it, it was okay. But, you know, he's looking at it going, gosh, it's going to completely take over the backyard and it's going to be, you know, this is a huge thing. But once he could actually stand there and see it, it was a lot easier for him to really go, okay, we're, we're good. We're fine. Yeah, because that's actually sort of the negative to what, or I guess the opposite of when you're trying to see what a space is going to be like, you're, you're almost looking on the additive side, but you also have to look at, okay, we're adding this much to the house, but what are we taking away right. from the, from the yard? Right. So that is a helpful yeah. way to look at it to you see. Know, I have to be okay with what's getting bigger, but I also have to be okay with what's getting smaller. smaller. Yeah. 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 It took, it took a second and I was like, well, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He's like, yeah, no. <laughs> so so doing that actually really helped. And I hadn't, ever, you know, the thought hadn't occurred to me until he until he'd said to me, you know, I'm just, I don't know how big things really are. Yeah. He can read it. He knows that that's the bedroom, that's the bathroom. He knows, you know, but he just, well, how big can I, how big is my tub? It's six feet. Okay. You know, <laughs> things like that. But, right. but yeah, so there's all those things that, you know, you know, the more traditional methods, the more, you know, current methods of the 3D, 3D modeling, sometimes just standing around in the space. There's all those things that can work for a client, can work for the architect, can work for, well, even the contractor sometimes. And think about that, getting the contractor involved in it and, you know, have him say, you know, you realize that the space is going to be X and make sure that, you know, you understand the build buildability of it. Because, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes things get big and you realize, well, suddenly my structure is changing the framing is going to change. You know, what do we really need to look at? Right. So there's all those things to consider. But, yeah, it's so funny that the one client could sort of you know, make us really have to think about all that stuff. Yeah. So if you are working with an architect or you're, you're getting ready to launch into some kind of project like this, don't be afraid to, to say, you know, I just, I just don't see it. Help me see this better because mm -hmm. we've got a few tricks available that we may not have thought to use yeah. yet. Yeah, so don't be afraid to to ask your architect, and don't don't feel like oh I'm it's I should understand it or I, it all it should all make sense to me because we all see things differently. In fact, we were just thinking about, of course, everyone if you've been following us now that we've had this saga of are we moving, are we not moving, and we're still haven't moved. We're we're still the only business left in the three buildings that are about to be torn down. Yeah, when whenever and we're still here, whenever they get around <laughs> to that, so we're still here, but. One of the things that we've been talking about is, you know, at a minimum, if they told us yesterday we have to be out, we've got six months. And we're tired of this. I think it's that sort of 
we need a change. Waiting you know, to change, we're waiting to waiting change. Waiting to change, so let's change things up a little bit. So we're talking about moving Laura's desk, possibly moving my desk, kind of rearranging the office a little bit. But again, it's that visualization thing. Laura got to thinking about it at, what, 10.30 last night? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it just, my brain would not stop thinking about it. And I finally had to to get up. I was like, okay, if I don't look this thing up about Alpha on the Container Store website, I am going to drive myself crazy. <laughs> so I'm turning the brightness down on my iPad, and I'm laying in my bed, trying, almost like a little kid with the covers over my head, you know, reading with a flashlight. It, visualize it, visualize it. I gotta it, look yeah. this up before I can, you know, get yeah. it out of my head. It was so funny. Yeah, and of course, she emails me before the podcast with four different floor plans. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was working on last night. See, what am I, my desk was here. What about this? I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny when you've stared at the same wall for three and a half, four years. Yeah. Well, and you for five years. Yeah. And, I mean, because okay. I, I have moved once in the office. That's right. I've never moved spaces, have you, I? You and Holly have been in the exact <gasps> same spot. Wow. I wow. can't believe you haven't grown roots and are just permanently affixed to the floor here. Oh, <laughs> Well, that sounds pleasant. Isn't it nice? Yeah, yes. of course, you know, there's also that that theory of, you know, the minute we move our desk, they're going to tell us it's time to move or something. And right, exactly. We get ourselves resituated and they're like, okay, everyone out. Yes. Well, it's kind of like, you know, it's, you wait and you wait and you wait to wash your car and the mm -hmm. day you wash, wash your car, car it rains. rains. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of so course. that's what that's what will happen. But if yeah. that maybe by doing this, we'll actually get the energy moving in the right direction right. And, right. and change will happen. Right. Yeah, but that sort of visualization for us of, you know, okay, what if my desk was really here and what does it mean and where am I looking? And hey, Yeah, you let know. me actually get a chair and sit here and yeah. do I like the view and and am I too close to this window? Because when it gets cold, I'm going to have cold air on my feet, feet. and I hate yeah. cold feet. And, <laughs> and is there going to be glare on my screen? And, and on and on <laughs> and on. It never ends. It'll end at some point. At some point. At some point. And then we'll have a whole new batch of things to think about at the new office. Oh, I know. I know. Because, yeah, there's not enough going on. Right. Right. Uh -huh. right. Well, we just had our, our last happy hour, or the May happy hour, mm -hmm. and which actually had a good turnout. And we had kind of nasty weather, but people showed up nonetheless. Someone drove down from Oklahoma City. And if you're not from here, understand that's about a three-hour drive. And this is her mm -hmm. third time to come to the happy hour. We were like, wow. Okay, well, if you're getting something out of it. But, yeah. But, yeah, to come down that far. And even even in the weather being what it was, it was nice. Yeah, because it was pretty dicey, and we had weather warnings yeah. for the Evelyn, rest of the If you've been and... following the news, there were tornadoes that night, and mm -hmm. people died. It was a big, big thing. Yeah, but, not good. But, yeah, so we just had that, and I have no idea where we're going to go for June. Are we still I, looking for a I'm place? I'm still looking for a place. Well, maybe by moving our desks around, we'll it, get will, some energy flowing. it will wake up the energy in the universe <laughs> and our new venue will be right, right in front of us. Well, there we go. <laughs> well, that'd be nice. Of course, you know, if you're in Dallas, we always say come to the happy hour. Um, I don't think we've actually had anyone who's who's done that yet. But Well, if you listen and you do come to the happy hour, tell please us. Please let us know, yeah. <laughs> Because I do know that there are some people here in Dallas who listen. Yeah. Oh, I know they are. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, it's always the third Wednesday of each month. And, of course, we are in Dallas, if we didn't already say that. But, um, yeah, we're it, there's no charge, and you just look us up on Meetup. That's how we organize it. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I was talking with a lot of people at the happy hour, and, oh, how would you hear about us? Oh, on Meetup, on Meetup, on Meetup. So mm -hmm. people are still 
using it as a source for business networking, which is really great. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you can always find us on our website, hpdarch.com. And on Facebook and Twitter and soon to be Hal's, hopefully. We are on Hal's. We are on Hal's. Yeah, I'm going to okay. be adding more photos uh, as I get them edited and everything, so... So yay. Yeah. Yay team. Anyway. So well the the purging of my desk has already begun and so I'm gonna go get back to it. So. Right. Well and when we talk to you again in June, hopefully I will have been to Denver and have some interesting things to yeah. report from the convention. But hopefully it'll it will not be, you know, I had too much at the opening party or <laughs> you know <laughs> something terrible like that. Anyway. It yeah. will. It, it, it will, yeah. <laughs> Somebody will have had too much at the opening party. But no, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We get to see some friends, and and it's always nice just to get out of town for a few days. Yeah, and if you're an architect who listens and you're going to be in Denver, track Larry down. Yes, I'll, I will be. Actually, I'll be at the uh, tweet up. Yeah, your tweet ID, Twitter ID is Arch Happy Hour. Arch Happy Hour, that's right. So yeah, so I'll be at the tweet up and at the opening party. Or I guess that's the host party, not the opening party, but the host party. So should be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, hope you guys are having a good month, and we will talk to you all next time. That's right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.